everybody. Welcome to the Real Estate Momentum Podcast. I'm your host, Aaron Smith, and today we talk with Jamie Herdebees. Jamie is a team leader and real estate coach of one of the top real estate offices in Cincinnati, Ohio. He is also a co-owner of one of the top teams in Cincinnati, and he has a wealth of knowledge in all things real estate, and we are looking forward to hearing what he's got to say. Enjoy the show. We're recording. Um, Jamie Herdebees is our guest today, and I'm excited to spend the next 30 to 60 minutes talking about, uh, you know, just siphoning from from our conversations. We always come up with some great ideas, and we always have some some good conversations. So, uh, just for reference, anybody listening to the podcast today, Jamie, tell us what you do. Uh, yeah, hey Aaron, um, I am the team leader of uh, Keller Williams Franchise in Cincinnati. <laughs> So, um, and I'm also a partner in that office. And so my job is essentially, uh, you know, office manager, coach, consultant, that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. And you've, um, you've been in real estate for what going on, what, 15 years now or something? Yeah. Yeah. 15, 16 years. Yeah. And you, um, you've been with a few different real estate companies, uh, in your time and, um, you know, how, how'd you get to the point where you're, you're managing, you're, you're the team leader and manager of one of the largest offices in Cincinnati. What, what was the evolution of that? Uh, good question. I, um, you'd think there was like, you think it, it wasn't on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> I just kind of I, fell into it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I can tell you that. I, um, no, I started out in real estate at a local independent. I, I there was a sign that said career night and, um, <laughs> that's how it happened. Like literally a, a sign on, on the road it said career night and I signed up for it. Um, and I was completely clueless about everything. They said, hey, there's your desk, there's your phone. Um, have at it. And, uh, so that was, like I said, like 15 years ago and, um, was there for a while, did a stint at Remax. Um, and then I tagged along on an appointment that I wasn't even really supposed to be on. Um, a, a, another agent in my Remax office had a, an appointment with this Keller Williams guy um, and um, asked me if I wanted to come. So I tagged along for a free lunch and then um, ended up at, at Keller Williams. So I said back, there was about 40 agents at Keller Williams in Cincinnati at that time. Um, so That's just walking went, walking down the sidewalk one day, you fall into real estate, go to a lunch appointment on accident, and fall into <laughs> Keller Williams. It's just like I know. <laughs> it's all true though. Like I, you know, it's not like. Um, but you know, when I got once I got to Keller Williams, I I, you know, um, I was hook, line, and sinker. I thought it was for me. It was. Um, you know, the first introduction I had had and kind of this is 15 years ago. No, all this is, this is what, um, this is eight years ago. So this is 2012. No, it's actually, no, I'm sorry. Longer than that. It was 2006 when I came to Keller Williams. Okay. So, um, I guess God, it's so weird that I was at those other two brokerages for such a short period of time. Um, seemed like longer, but, um, I, uh, it was at that time, the first time I'd heard anybody talking about real estate uh, as other than a job, right. It was actually building a business. 
you know, that I was a business owner and um, I, I could approach it as such. So, so you get into real estate with a small local independent brokerage, they throw a phone book on your desk and say, get busy. Literally. And then, and then, so as you're tagging along, so then you go to Remax and you're tagging along and up to this point, the, the game hasn't really changed that much for you. It's just a, you know, hit the phones, make some contacts and, and talk to people. But when you started a conversation with someone at Keller Williams, it, the conversation changed. It was, it was no longer just, you know, pile them up, boys, let's go. It's more like, oh, I'm, I'm creating something here. hundred percent. And I, and I remember, um, you know, the now to pay credit to the local independent that I did get my very first sales training ever in my life through a company that they brought some may, might remember Floyd Wickman and sweat hogs. That was my sales training and it was good. And then, but so I, I, I was doing okay in real estate, but I knew I could see the writing on the wall that, look, man, I didn't want to work as hard or as long as some of the agents that I saw that were successful I, I didn't want to work like that. Like, you know, they're working 60, 70, 80 hour weeks. And um, I knew that that wasn't going to be for me. And so I had already made up my mind that I was going to figure this out and for, you know, uh, or, or get out. Like, you know, and I didn't know that that looked like Keller Williams. I didn't know that that, you know, looked like, you know, millionaire real estate agent, a book that, you know, I think every agent out there has read. Um, but, um, that's what showed up for me. Um, and then it became about building a business as opposed to just having a job as a real estate agent. Well, and correct me if I'm wrong. I mean, I, I know a lot about you, so I'll, I'll, I'll try to shorten the gap from anybody who's listening. Um, you're pretty well read and you educate yourself on what's going on. And I think that's one thing about where you ended up here at Keller Williams is that, you know, they, they talk a different language. We, we, we speak in terms of being learning based and, you know, becoming a better person, therefore you grow a better business. Right. So fast forwarding to today, um, you know, you've taken a lot of training and what you do on a daily basis is when you meet with agents to coach them, they may not necessarily be a Keller Williams agent at the time, but when you meet with an agent to talk about their business, you're able to kind of dissect where they are, whether they're brand new in the business or they've been in the business for 20 years. You can, you can, I mean, you can kind of fit them into a, uh, not a, not a pro, you're not profiling them, but you're just an, a, assessing their situation, right? Where, where an agent is in their business. And then you can help apply strategy for them and get them to see more for themselves than, than what they're looking at right now. Um, I hope, I hope that that's the result. Um, I think that that's always been my approach. Um, and I felt around with that once I did get into, you know, leadership and management, um, that I found that that was more effective. Um, because the last thing people want to be is, you know, I don't want to talk about my office or Keller Williams or what we're, I'd rather talk about you, your business, um, and what that looks like. Cause those conversations are frankly a whole hell of a lot more interesting for me. Well, and, um, and, and, you know, just talking to some of the agents. So we, we've got an agent leadership council, right? So we've got top agents in the office and you mm -hmm. meet with them strategically to talk about their business. And I've talked to some of those agents, Danny Barron, um, Eric Stanio, some, some of the top agents in our office 
And when they walked into that meeting, they had no clue what they were going to walk out of it with. And you were able to kind of open up the book of, you know, all the different strategies of, you know, real estate. And it's not like you're professing to them. You're just asking good questions. You're just saying, hey, have you thought about this? Like, what's this look like in your business? And they they walk out of that office with a different vision for themselves. Well, um, that that's a nice thing to say. And I, um, <laughs> I, th- I think that, that uh, you know, one of the, probably one of the best periods of time in my uh, career up to this point has been spent as a, uh, as a, as a maps, that's Keller Wings coaching division, right? A maps mastery coach. And, and doing that for, you know, a few years, um, you do learn the power of questions because as, as my, as the training would go, you know, you run out of seminar material, Right. You can't just sit there and and teach or preach or whatever, you know. So you that's not coaching, that's not consulting, that's just telling, right? And teaching, which has its place at times, um, but you know the getting the right questions going makes is is about self discovery um, and. Uh, for me sometimes too, as well as the individual. And it's, and so I think the result of a good conversation um, is kind of, you often don't know what the end result of that's going to be. It's, it's discovered together by some of those questions. And so if you hold that container as a coach or consultant, I think that you're doing your job. Yeah. And I I think, you know, coachable agents who come out of those meetings, they come out thinking like, Oh my gosh, like, I had a preconceived notion about doing this in my business and I, I thought I knew what that meant for me. But, you know, when you hit, when you hit somebody right between the eyes with the right question as a, as a coach, it's like, Oh my gosh, I never looked at it that way before. I never thought, I never turned the, the whole subject around to think about it from a different direction. And, and that's just where, you know, as, at, you know, coming from my seat in the stands, the last time we met in a coaching capacity, it's just like, man, I, you know, you think you know a lot about your business <laughs> and then you meet with somebody who, who outside looking in, you know, I got blind spots all over the place. And it's just, you know, man, I, you know, I've got so much more potential if I just changed a couple of little things or changed the way that I look at them or think about them. So, well, I mean, don't we all? And, and the, you know, what I found, and I'm sure you found too, because I mean, you're a great coach and more, you know, <laughs> It, more oftentimes than you'd like to maybe admit, you realize you're just sitting there talking to yourself. Yeah. Um, you know, when, when you, when you're talking, when you're having a conversation with somebody, um, you know, so that's one of the benefits too, that I think you get from, from doing that as a coach. And you know that. You know. Yeah. So, and, and so just kind of like, you know, somewhat of a segue, somewhat changing gears, you know, in a lot of the conversations that you and I have been a part of coaching conversations, technology has been involved. And uh, the reason that technology comes up is because we're in the middle of something that you've learned and kind of shared with a lot of us about, you know, the fourth industrial revolution, uh, which was a concept that was kind of delivered to us from another leader. Can you uh, just talk about the, the tech side of what we're going through in real estate right now for a second? Oh, well, God, you know, I mean, it's not just real estate. It's every industry that's out there. Yeah, you're right. Because right. like, you got Airbnb and Uber and all this other stuff. It's like it, technology is just shifting. Well, and, and that's what that's what's being termed as the fourth industrial revolution, right? And I heard that from Gary Keller. I don't know if he made that up, but um, 
I, I, I don't think so. But the, you know, the, the, and, and what is an industrial revolution? Well, it's, uh, it's something that, you know, it's big, it's big. We're talking big, meaning affects every man, woman, and child on the face of the planet. Right. right? Um, and so that is, of course, you know, in, in technology, it's the, art, it's the advent of artificial intelligence and big data. And, and that is what, and all those platforms that you just mentioned, um, you know, are driven by our AI and big data. And so that's every industry that you can probably think of right now. Um, my, my, my plumber, I was watching on my phone as my plumber was approaching, um, yeah. as they had, you know what I mean? I'm like, God, this is a plumber. Um, well, and, and the, the thing is, is like you, you look back, I mean, look back at like 1993 and you've got like ARPANET and it's like a military thing. Like the inter, the internet wasn't really solid yet. And there was just like these webs out there, but they seemed like they were kind of far apart. The data wasn't there. There wasn't a whole lot of content out in the internet, but there were places you could go to get information. And you look at the internet today, everything's so tightly woven together because not only do companies have your email address they've got your home address they've got your phone number they know that you you ordered a, 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 a what size pants you ordered they knew that you looked at a pair of shoes on amazon or you 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 watched um i don't know they they know that you uh downloaded that new onward movie on uh you know disney plus so you must have kids at home like all the data even though we think it's like oh it's just an email address it's like no, they know they know what brand of sunglasses you like, right? So, you know that's that's kind of macro, right? I mean that's kind of like what the world that we're in. Like, how that's does right. that how does that funnel down into a real estate agent's business? Like, wh- what does that mean, good or bad for us? Well, I you know I agree with the, sen- the sentiment that um, it will affect us, us being the real estate industry, right? And so, um, no, no one, you know, agent has the ability to provide, here's the deal. The consumer, because they expect it in other industries will expect that kind of interface and that kind of value and that kind of tool in our industry as well. Right. Right. And so when you when you take that into account, you look at all the tech dollars and all the venture capital that is getting poured into the real estate industry. Right. These are tech companies that are going into real estate to disrupt um, part of what traditionally was the real estate agents playing field. Yeah, right. And, and, and the only and, reason there's no good or bad to that, it just is because there's a demand for it. It's because what the it's what the consumer expects. And to some degree, they can deliver on it. Um, well, if you look at the why behind that, right? I mean, if you look at the why behind why are data companies so interested in real estate? Well, real estate is it's transacted every day. We're talking large sums of money and large dollar figures. I mean, I saw something. Um, I won't go super detailed because I'm not like dialed in on the facts of this. But I mean, you look at everything from the financing industry, home inspection business, all this stuff. There's so much money involved in the the transaction of a piece of real estate. And usually with real estate, 
that is the very foundation of where people's information is stored. That's their home address. They have to use an email address. There's usually phone numbers involved in real estate agents, CRMs or whatever they're using. So yeah, I mean, if I'm, if I'm a real estate company like Encompass or something, yeah, heck yeah, I'm going to buy contactually or I'm going to buy a, a, a CRM like that because then I can extrapolate that data and use AI to figure out, okay, these people just did X, Y, and Z. They're going to be moving in the next six months. So now we can get their real estate purchase transaction and get whatever dollars that could be there, right? Well, there's two reasons that, you know, real estate company would be thinking about that. Number one, they just need tools. They need tools to be able to provide to their agent, right? And so that would be, um, if you're not building it, you're bolting it on, right? And so... Um, you take like a, a company like contactually oils or local independent here in uh, Cincinnati that bought contactually or, you know, contracted with it subscribed. Yeah. They, they subscribed. subscribed. Yeah. I didn't buy it. Um, but that was going to be the CRM platform that they would provide for their agents. And, um, that, and then lo and behold, uh, compass buys contactually. And so if you're that local independent, you're, you're, you're in a way um, giving what well, you are. You're giving your data to a potential competitor. Um, and that's the game that's being played um, because it is, it is about, number one, the data. But in order to do anything with the data, you've got to build a platform and have the AI for the data to talk. And it's got to be a large enough bunch of data for it to actually be useful. Now, so like if I'm an agent listening to us talk right now, all this stuff sounds like, you know, big data, blah, blah, blah. Like, what are you talking about? Like, I hold open houses on the weekend. You know, like I, yeah. I, I show houses and write contracts. Like, I don't really care what Contactually and Zillow and all this other stuff are doing. This is just me. But um, as we march forward through this revolution, this tech revolution or fourth industrial revolution, as we march forward, we will be able to feel it. Right. And I, and I honestly think that the, the moment that an agent who they finally look up and they see what's happening with technology around them, the moment that it's going to hit them right between the eyes is when their client, um, the client that they thought was well woven into their CRM, they're, they're a good contact to have in there. And they'll never use anybody but me. When you see a sign in their yard from a company that is not yours or from an agent that's not you. And then you actually find out it was because that agent did a better job of communicating with them because they had technology or they used some form of technology to stay in touch on a, on a one-to-one basis. Right. Like that's where agents will really realize like, Oh my gosh, I'm behind the curve. Like other people are getting in, they're infiltrating my business. Well, and it might not even be another agent. It might just be a tech company. Right. Yeah. Well, so, yeah, it, like, it could that, just be a, a faceless company or a, a faceless right. agent that is providing the the functionary, um, you know, the, the the tech necessary that the consumer thinks they might save some money, right? Or, you know, there might there might be some friction removed from the um, the, the transaction um, by simply doing something on a digital platform that might be enabled by an agent that's working um, as a functionary by opening a door or that kind of a thing. So, you know, there's, um, what does it mean for the average agent, right? Like big deal. I don't care if it's contactually, I don't care if it's, you know, anything else. And 
Um, that won't be a question that needs to be answered today necessarily in the, in the, in the, in the context of it's not going to have an effect on you today, but we're really getting there quick. Um, I'm not even so sure that's an accurate statement, but it is whether you're going to have, you're going to be part of the tech world's agenda, or you're going to be um, a, a well-paid fiduciary that has the agent as the center of the transaction. And we believe that that's how a client is best served. And so in order to do that, there's going to have to be um, in order to, to, to provide that value over time, um, you're going to have to bring value beyond the transaction. Um, and that's, you know, where we get into this concept, it's analogous to like what an agent's going to have to decide, what is my prime membership look like? Yeah, that's what right? I'm looking for. So go with yeah. that for a second. Yeah. So it's like, if we look at like traditional real estate marketing to their database, if an agent does it at all, you know, it's one to many marketing. And so that's where, you know, spam originated or uh, postcards or, you know, it's you know, the you mass, it's the mass email where like, Oh, the set back your clocks kind of thing. Right. That's right. And that's just a, um, that's always been the attempt to somehow stay front of mind and bring value. Right. I'm going to provide a recipe card for, you know, pumpkin pie or whatever at Thanksgiving. And, and, and all that was fine. Um, and it might still have some, some place, but, um, it's not what the consumer is expecting. And it's certainly not going to be a, a, they're not going to miss it if it's gone. And so I think what an agent or a company or any really in an industry needs to think about is what is, how do I bring value beyond the transaction in such a way that I, I, they would miss it if it were gone. And, and that's going to be, there's a technological component to that that can't be denied. And with artificial intelligence and big data, you can do that at scale. And you can do instead of one to many, you can do one-on-one -on -one customized marketing that's relevant to the individual. And you can do that at scale. Yeah. And, and so that's where, you know, you've got a lot of companies out there, real estate brokerages that are making investments and have made investments in more the, how the brokerage relates to the agent. And that's important, yep. but that's the value proposition of the brokerage to the agent. What I am talking about is what is the value proposition to the consumer, right? And what kind of technology and how is technology being used? to enhance that value beyond the transaction. Yeah. And, and I, I mean, you know, Zillow, for example, has become this juggernaut in, sure. in our, the toothpaste is out of the tube, you know, agents willingly um, thought it was a good thing, you know, great. Oh, we have another platform to market our listings on, but they didn't think about the data and what could be done with it we provide all this data to Zillow and think about if we tried to cut Zillow out today, there would be a lot of people who are like, no, I want my listings to be on Zillow because that's where the eyeballs are. Um, so it's true. Zillow fills a place in the marketplace. I mean, the consumer wanted Zillow. That's why Zillow exists. Yeah. And, and I'll, you know, look, I, I think if, if an agent's not looking at, at things with an open mind, they're short selling themselves. 
I, I go look my house up on Zillow and I uh, subscribe to my house. I claim my house on Zillow. And then I think it's like every two weeks or every month or something like that. Zillow sends me an email. It's like, here's your update on your house in this neighborhood. And I pull it up, not really because I believe what Zillow is telling, my, telling me my house is worth is accurate. I'm just curious. I mean, they're sending me something that, you know, hey, your home, we perceive that your home value has gone up over the next, over the last couple of weeks because a few homes sold around you and they sold for more than yours. Or, you know, hey, your home value has gone down. It's like, okay, grain of salt, but I'm still going to open the email and check it out. So the question, problem is for us as an industry is that Zillow is not a real estate agent yet. They could be. And that's where the <laughs> that's, that's right. where the that's where the data comes in, right? Because all they got to do is flip a switch and get a real estate license, and now they've got eyeballs on their platform. And it's like, well, we had a chance as agents to you know to add value. A hundred percent, and and legitimately so. Um, if the agent's not bringing that value, this is where it's going to affect the agent moving forward. I you know if the agent is not bringing if the only value beyond the transaction is a recipe card or sports calendar, or, you know, um, change your clocks kind of scenario. If that's the value you're bringing beyond a transaction um, or before something gets transactional, then you're really not bringing much value at all, you know? And, and so the, that's the, I was talking to an agent about this similar um, just a couple of weeks ago and talk about self-discovery Their Their comment was so, so it's almost like you have to choose which way it's going to go. <laughs> like whether it's tech yeah. enabling, you know, you know, the agents enabling tech or tech enabling a good agent. Right. And so technology right. won't, as we say, technology won't replace the agent, but um, the agent that embraces technology will replace the agent that doesn't. And I'm not talking technology broker, broker to agent or agent to broker. That's kind of easy. I'm talking about the value proposition to the consumer and what that looks like. So if, if I'm an agent and I need to be looking introspectively at my business right now, I mean, with the way that tech's going, what are a couple of tips that you would have for me that, uh, that might allow me to stay in touch with my, my sphere and, and keep that market share, keep that brand share? Um, well, um, first of all, you have to yeah, you be aware of that concept in the first place, right? That whole idea when somebody thinks that they're word real estate or realtor, real estate agent, they need to think of you. Right. And so, yeah, that's the whole idea of staying in touch over time. And you're just going to have, what I think people want to know is, is they want data, they want information. They want to know that you're doing business and they, they want to know that you can connect them to whatever it is that they want at any given time. So what I mean by that is I think information is key. The problem is and any agent's going to have to ask themselves is how can I do that to where it feels individualized to the person? Um, now, I mean, not to do a, I mean, I really don't want to do a Keller Williams like chest thump here, but I will, I will applaud the vision of Gary Keller in years ago, jumping out in front of this because it took, 
you know, two years to lay the groundwork for it and a lot of money and a lot of resources before it could even, even be talked about. <laughs> right. And so talk about vision. Um, I think that's some vision. Well, yeah. And, and I, you know, he's, he's got this program command, right. And, and his, oh, yeah, the, yeah. The, the idea behind command is essentially, okay. As agents, one of the most important pieces of your business is a database where you can house your contact information for your clients and, you know, use that to methodically and systematically stay in touch with people, right? We also have things like marketing needs, online marketing needs like social media strategy. Um, we got, you know, email marketing platforms, direct mail marketing platforms, design features, and we usually pay for external services, right? So we usually pay for like oh, bolt-ons. Yeah, bolt-ons, like constant contact and uh, MailChimp or uh, I pay, you know, I've been paying like $13 a month for Canva, like a Canva business thing where I can create these images and graphics and put them on my my flyers and all that stuff. But essentially what what um, the vision behind Gary Keller's thought is, and there's other programs that people are working on. They kind of started a little later than he did. So that's why I'm using him as an example right now. But, you know, essentially there's a, there's a vertical here. You know, like we've got a database and we've got all these needs that we pay money to bolt these things on. And he's just like, you know what? If you can't beat them, join them. We need these things. Agents have said, you know, we need these bolt-ons. But if we could package them up where they all talk to each other and, you know, my CRM is talking to or my, my uh, Facebook ads are talking to my CRM. So when somebody registers from Facebook, it drops them right in there. It tells me they're a lead and they need to be followed up with. It's like, well, and here's the gene. And this took me a while to finally get it's it's all one ecosystem that is built on a, a big data and big, big, big data um, powered by artificial intelligence, right? So the artificial intelligence just makes the connections between the data um, and draws relationships. And that's what it does really well. So you have that, that is the platform. And that's what takes, even if you've got the data, that's what takes two to three years to build. What you're talking about with, with command and, and that's just what we're calling everything that's built on top of that is a series of applications and so, you know, the part of that is a CRM, part of that is a, is a design center, part of that is um, document processing, part of that is an in interface with the real estate office and the brokerage. And a big part of that is the real estate's interface with the consumer and the consumer's interface with the marketplace. And all of that is evolving very rapidly and learning on its own because it is powered by artificial intelligence and big data. So, you know, that's powerful because I can't build that on my own. Um, you can't well, no. do that. No, and, and, no independent brokerage can do that. And, and right. the, thing, the thing that really intrigues me, and, and this is where I think there's going to be a there's going to be a mind blowing change in the real estate world in the next five years. Just thinking out loud here. But when when artificial intelligence comes on the scene. It has the ability to say, you know, hey, Jamie, you've had this real estate or you've had this uh, marketing campaign set up through your email browser or your email thing. And you're sending people neighborhood updates for the last few years. And we've noticed based on your clients that 
the ones who opened X percent of your emails and clicked on at least one thing in your emails um, over the last two months seem to be showing activity that most people who are thinking about moving are, are showing. So, hey, I know it's Monday and I know it's 9 a.m., but here's a list of six people to call that you might want to stay in touch with because they're actually going to be moving in the next six months. And it's, it's cutting out the thinking you know, long term, like next three or four years, I think that there's going to be things that pop up and it's like, hey, they're about to buy a house and you don't even know it. You know? Well, it's it's essentially what happens there is like, you know, when you're you mean, you've got kids and when you start, you know, buying um, <laughs> as soon as you start, as soon as you buy a pregnancy test kit, you're getting uh, coupons for diapers and everything else show up and like, right. So that's us artificial intelligence. And that same kind of thing is now the agent has the power to do that exact same thing with their database. Yeah. And um, it's, it's like the grocery stores now with these uh, frequent customer cards. It's like right. when, when you start buying prenatal vitamins, you start getting ads for diapers and cribs. It's just like. And so what, what, what Keller has done is built their own platform that does exactly that in order to empower the agent so that the agent can compete. Sorry if you hear my dog. No, it's cool. The agent can compete with something that is not going away, which is the tech company in the real estate sector, right? That's not going anywhere. But I only know of one place that is going that has the agent at the heart of the transaction or where the passion is that the agent remains in the part of the heart of the transaction. Sorry, I'm going to close my door real quick. Yeah, that's fine. UPS truck. My dog. I was going to say you, your Amazon <laughs> order has arrived. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. But artificial intelligence told me that the UPS truck was outside. Right. Uh, yeah. Called my dogs. But anyway, so, you know, it's an interesting times, and every business, not just real estate, not just any real estate broker, but every agent is going to have to figure this out. Um, you know, so. It's, it's, it's very interesting. Um, and, uh, it's here to stay. It's here to stay. Yeah. And there's no doubt about it because I mean, you, you walk just like the grocery store, you know, conversation, like we buy houses every five to seven years, we go to the grocery store every week, their data, you know, is designed to keep us interested and sell products and stuff like that. How many checkout aisles do they have at a grocery store? Yeah. You know, they they got a bunch and only a few are open. So if I'm a real estate agent, if technology could replace me by, you know, not that it will. I I mean, I don't I don't think that for a second that the people in society want to deal with robots as their real estate agent or they don't want an agent and like a person involved that they trust because they do. We're not going away. It's just it's changing the way we stay in touch with our customer. And the agent who figures out a better way to give people the value and the value is what they care about. It's their kids. It's their dog. It's the school district that they're in. It's what their house is worth. It's maintaining the home that they live in. Once you learn how to stay in touch with people about what they care about, not blueberry pie recipes and, um, you know, changing your clocks. Once an agent figures that out and can deliver on it consistently, they've got a more tightly woven fabric and and they'll keep their clients and gain new clients and show value. 
Absolutely. The consumer will drive all of this. You know, the, the agent needs to ask themselves, how, how can I compete? The, any brokerage out there is going to need to ask themselves, how can I compete in that new industrial revolution back full circle where we started, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be uh, it's going to be very interesting to watch this play out. And I know that, you know, you and I are kind of uh, on the front edge of that, wanting to make sure that we're not kind of left in the dust. And, you know, we've got that fear of missing out on the new information and what's possible right now. So we'll we'll stay in touch on that stuff. Yeah, I'll, I'll do a quick anecdotal um, just uh, testimonial experience, my experience with um, that platform how it works and, and how it can interact with social media and a special relationship with Facebook. Um, I, uh, I also run a real estate team and we had a listing. This is just, this was just this week. We ran a 10 day campaign from command on social media. Um, in 10 days, got 2,400 impressions on a virtual tour, 63 registered leads um, at a cost of 23 cents per lead, right? 63 leads over the course of how long? 10 days. 10 days. So I, I know from doing some of this stuff that those leads that come in are pretty close to the top of the funnel, right? So once those leads come in, you know, what's the process after that? I mean, obviously you've got the data now. You, you're, they're yours to lose. You get to stay in touch with them over time. So what's what's the what's the next steps with that stuff? And you guys have a, a plan? Yeah. So great. You know, and that's obviously that's every individual business owners kind of our bet, you know, what our job there is, I see it is to turn that lead, which is, you know, our definition of that is that's just, that's at this point, a one way contact It's very weak, right? Yeah, you got it, contact information that's about all you have at the moment. They they put in contact information because they wanted more information about a product we had in the marketplace, right? And uh, our job is to turn that lead into a relationship, Um, right? Or in our terminology, we we would then go from lead to contact. That that contact then is a two-way conversation in which we are delivering value. So, if you are that person, I'm going to reach out to you and I'm going to want you to be a member of my, my prime membership, right? I'm going to start bringing you value because I'm going to give you information about your neighborhood real time, up to date, right? Information consistently over time. And then when you're ready to transact, and that might be tomorrow, by the way, you might be a we might schedule a showing in an initial contact, right? That can happen too. But if not, I'm still going to be able to bring value to you over whatever stretch of time is necessary until you become transactional. And it's not, and and it's going to happen at a customized personalized level that is powered by artificial intelligence. I'm not doing that. I'm not sitting there, but it's going to feel that way. Well, I mean, so, so when that lead comes in from Facebook, essentially what you're saying is you're going to fall into one or two categories. Either you are interested in buying or selling real estate today, or we're going to put you into a system that shows you value from our team. It could be, could be related to listings that we have. It could be related to what's going on in the market. We're going to update you on stuff you care about over time and then we'll be here when you're ready and follow up with you on a, on a periodic basis. And, and it's all there under that, you know, it comes into your platform. It stays in your platform until they 
transact with you, right? That's right. And when they transact with me, it stays, it stays in the ecosystem, right? It, all my transactional marketing, all my con- transactional paperwork, my interface with the brokerage, you know, all of that happens in one ecosystem from the front end of the funnel until a transaction happens. And then there's a virtuous loop forever and ever. Right. Okay. Yep. So, um, that's good. And that fourth industrial revolution stuff is, is like, you know, we've kind of been living in it, but it's time to start taking note of how to interact with it. You know, from everything from the bigger companies, like that prime membership thing, I think that is the way to look at your real estate business. You are a distributor of information and people need to subscribe to your stuff for you to be able to add value. Right. Yeah, absolutely. So you, you have to have value that is beyond the transaction. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, last, last thing I want to talk about, you know, today is, uh, what is today? April 17th, uh, 2020. Um, we're about five weeks into a shutdown, uh, you know, with the COVID-19 stuff, um, as an industry, I know as a real estate company, we've had to react and we've had to adapt pretty quickly. Um, I just want to kind of, you know, siphon off some thoughts that you've got about, what could this mean for the rest of our year? What could this mean for our real estate economy, real estate market? And then if I'm a real estate agent, what are the top things that I need to be, you know, focusing on right now, you know, in, in my business, I'm going to shut my door too. So I'll be right back. Sure. I'll just, I'll kind of jump right in on that. It's, um, uh, I would say, well, first thing you know, I think about is your health and safety and well-being of you and your family. Okay, so fine. But and, and I say that not lightheartedly, but I do say that in that there are two separate issues, I think. There is the health crisis, which is a shorter term, and um, there is then the economic impact. And, I mean, all indicators would say that, you know, we're in for a, a contraction of sorts, you know, whether that's full-on recession, whether we go into something deeper than that. I don't know that any of us 100% knows, but I do know that, um, you know, the marketplace will be impacted by this health crisis, right? And so, you know, what every agent and every business, you know, we've been through this before, right? And there's a great book called Shift. Um, You know, this is another shift. This the difference right now is that this shift is not caused by the housing industry and lending industry. Right. So whereas the previous one was essentially, we were kind of the instigators of that. Um, but going into this, we, we have great interest rates. We had a shortage of inventory to begin with. Affordability was awesome. Um, and people have a lot of equity. And so the industry as a whole, that I think was, was healthy. Um, and so, you know, how quickly I think unemployment, I think that's the, I agree with the notion that that's the, the number one factor right now is how quickly people can get employed. But I will tell you this, that, and you know this, we're still seeing a lot of transactions. Um, we are, and they're always, people will always need to transact in real estate, right? And so my belief is that 
if this goes much longer, if this has a longer lasting economic impact, meaning beyond a few months, that we'll see the same thing we always do see is that the, the amateur agent will um, sort of sit it out and the professional agent will allow it to dictate their strategy moving forward. And if they can't find a way, they'll make a way. Right. Yeah. A hundred percent. And, you know, I, I, I think you're right. I think um, unemployment is something to be watched because if people don't have jobs, typically they can't buy houses. Um, right. And, you know, on a, on a micro scale, you know, we've been the last five weeks, we've been watching the showings. We've been looking at our showing service that we, we subscribe to on, you know, what have showings been doing? I feel like at this point, things have kind of leveled off. The, the initial shock of this thing is over. We've come up with ways to show homes. Um, we've stopped hoarding toilet paper. Yeah, people have stopped hoarding like, toilet you know, paper. The, and the, the panic of it is kind of leveled out. I, yeah, yeah. So like the, 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 just the buzz around it has kind of worn off um, a little bit. And I feel like the downward trend of showings that we had at the beginning is kind of leveled off and I'm not, you know, have no idea when it's going to kind of spike back up when people are going to get excited about going back out and walking through houses again. Or when well, the we'll, we'll see it. It's gradually, slowly climbing. Yeah. So, yeah. and yeah. Um, you know, we're watching listing inventories and people are still listing houses. They understand that we could be entering into a little bit of uncertain times. And if, if I'm going to sell it, I better sell it now if I'm, if I'm going to sell it this year, because I don't know what the future is going to hold. Mm-hmm. So we're still seeing people list homes. We're still in multiple offers. I've been in conversations with a lot of agents who are still, you know, writing contracts. So stuff's still happening. Um, I, I just think that, you know, smart agents are, are kind of cutting the frivolous. You know, we've been, we've been eating steak for a little too long right now. You know, we've been eating, you know, sure. agents have been kind of, uh, you know, their, their ships have been raised by the tide and they've, they've been able to kind of rest on that a little bit. And now I think agents are going to have to start getting back into some habits that when you can't just sit back and wait for the phone to ring anymore, you got to start creating conversations, asking for referrals from your clients, you know? Um, Yeah. I I mean, you know, what worked at this point three weeks ago um, to produce a certain amount of business, you know what I mean? is not going to work to produce the same amount of business in the next span of time. You're going to have, the field conditions have changed. So you're going to have to put on a different pair of shoes, (laughs) adjust your strategy, right? Change the game plan. Um, You know, so I, I don't, you know, and I see lots of opportunity in that, right? There's, there's, there's a ton of opportunity in that scenario. I think, I think uh, personally, I think the agents who have the strongest work ethic and that know how to work, will come out on top. It's the agents who they've gotten into the industry and um, they've kind of maxed out their family and friends. You know, they've done their transactions with their family and friends up to this point, uh, but they're not really confident or skilled in lead generating and finding new potential opportunities for themselves. 
it's the agents who know how to work that are going to sustain and the agents who don't are going to kind of find it a little hard to, to get, get their business going again. Yeah. And, and when I would, I would say that you say, you know, work, I'm going to say compete, same thing, but different shade, right? So, you know, you and I have talked about this before when, when the pie gets smaller, the only way to maintain your market share or your, or even grow it is to effectively compete. So in an expanding market, you know, with market growth is your strategy for growth of your business. Um, you know, there's vulnerability there because you're dependent on, on the field, on the pie growing. So what's it look like? What's it look like for an agent to compete? Give me, give me some examples of that. Um, it's going to be, it'll be a skills-based business, right? So, um, it, you know, when you say, when you run out of family members and friends, it's like, well, in the last three years, when every family member you've got, every friend you know has been, has moved <laughs> because, you know, that, those are the, that's an expanding marketplace. Well, that's one thing, but, you know, think about it. It's kind of a crude analogy, but think about when the watering hole gets smaller. Um, you got to fight. You, you, yeah. Well, and, 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 and the way we fight, I mean, as agents, the way we fight, we're more educated. We're sharper as far as our, our words that we use with our clients. Uh, we know how to lead our clients, you know. Um, so that way, when, when a client meets with you versus another agent, because there's fewer of us out there, we're all eating out of the same, you know, basket, if you will. Yeah. You got to set yourself apart. hundred percent. And uh, you're, you're going you're gonna to learn quicker um, or you're not. And I, and I think if, if you don't make that adjustment, if you, if you don't become learning based quickly, and if you don't open your methods up to maybe some, or, or double down on current methods, you know, um, you're, you're going to see less business. There's just no two ways about it because there's less business to be had. Yep. So, and I don't know of another way to look at it. And that's where the opportunity is though, too, because, that market share that is gained um, will never be lost when market, you know, gets out of contraction and back into expansion. So right. then there's exponential growth potential, right? Yep. As long as an agent's consistent and staying in touch and adding value, they're, they'll continue to grow. Yeah. So. And it shows up. Yep. You just got to, but that's number one. You got to show up. <laughs> that's it. Then that goes back to me saying, you got to work, you know, you got to be willing to get in that's there right. and spend, do the, you know, you got to do the reps, take the, take the chances. So consistency over time trumps all. Absolutely. So <laughs> you and I, we, we like to read books, right? We stay educated. We stay entertained through this stuff. Um, to kind of finish things up here. What are your, what are your top two books uh, that you're like really into lately? doesn't have to be um, top two books for all agents. It doesn't have to be for all history of all that stuff. Just like, what are you no, into? I hear you. Well, I can't, I'd be remiss. I, I got, I got them on my desk. I promise. I didn't know you were going to ask that question. I didn't tell are, you yeah. right here on my desk. I've revisited, you know, I'm a fan of um, Ryan holiday and, you know, and this book in particular, the obstacle is the way. And they, he draws on a lot of uh, the stoic philosophy and, um, 
Yeah. The impediment to action advances action. What stands in the way becomes the way. This is a good book for mindset. Um, And then also um, The Infinite Game by Simon Sinek. And, um, you know, it's a real interesting take on, on business and how a business needs to set itself up, whether they are playing what he calls the infinite game, in which the goal of the game is to keep playing the game, <laughs> right? right? As opposed to a finite game, um, you know, which is to maybe beat a competitor or uh, be number one or, uh, you know, advance one certain product, you know, that kind of thing. There's that that's a finite game. And uh, when, and he does some interesting case studies on companies and industries that play, play the, the finite game. Yeah. He's talked about like Microsoft versus Apple. Apple's, Apple's uh, game was to create the best product and Microsoft's game was to beat Apple. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> so he was just yeah, talking yeah. about the, you know, the, the difference in mindset, uh, you know, when you're, competing if you will you know what, what are you looking at are you looking at your competitor or are you looking at the finish line yeah 100 percent. and and are you dialed into a real understanding of your your unique value and and mission um because that can so then you're not as attached to the um the the delivery mechanisms of that the delivery mechanisms of that can change um if you're playing you know an infinite game Anyway, um, those are my two books right now that I, I think you need to check out. I, I rushed through the Infinite Game on my way to uh, Dallas when we were going to see Simon Sinek, and I, I wanted to rush through the book so that I could, you know, when I was listening to him talk, I would be able have to some context, content, yeah. have some context, but he didn't end up making it because he had the flu. Um, but, yeah, that's cool. Those are, those are two of my favorite ones lately too. So, Well, Jamie, it's been a good hour. Thanks for your time. Best hour. As yeah. always, I get a lot out of our conversations. And uh, if, if anybody's listening to the podcast still or watches the video and uh, wants to reach out to you to get some more information, how do they find you? Um, I, you can call me on my cell phone. Uh, 513-384-4391. Shoot him a text first. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I'll put, the, I'll put all that in the show notes. Um, yeah. Again, thanks for your time. And uh, I'm sure we'll do this again soon. Aaron, I appreciate it. Yep, you're welcome. Talk to you later. All right. I'll see you, man.